This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At least no complaining April is over. That's true. I plan to complain a lot for the next, like, three weeks, so... Prepare yourself. Oh, I'll be right there with you. The floodgates are open. Woohoo! Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're joined by a special guest co-host, friend of the pod, Audrey Monkey, is joining us for the whole episode. We've talked to Audrey before, most recently about how to deal with the pandemic back when we were all reeling. And for those of you who don't know Audrey, Audrey Monkey is a mom of five, a summer camp owner and director. She's an author. She wrote Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. She's a speaker and the host of the Sunshine Parenting Podcast. Audrey shares simple strategies for helping parents raise socially and emotionally intelligent, responsible, thriving kids through creating the connection, social skills, fun, and growth of summer camp at home. And Sarah, we also use Audrey's techniques, or we try to, in our office, because it also... They also help adults. Yes, and they do. And Sarah, we should mention that both of our kids go to Audrey's fantastic summer camp, Gold Arrow. They do indeed. It's like the highlight of Violet's year. She loves it. Okay, in today's episode, the three of us are going to talk about growing your grit. Then in Take a Hike, we'll discuss finding silver linings when everything goes wrong. We have some experience with that recently. Yes, we do. Next, Audrey has a health hit and a burning time bomb, and this week's Hollywood hack comes from Audrey as well. She's sharing all sorts of insights with us today. But first, Liz, we have an update that is also a final reminder. The time on this is running short, so Liz and I are participating in a charity fundraiser called Hollywood Hates Cancer Charity Buzz Auction, supporting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the Greater Los Angeles chapter. We are auctioning off a one-hour Zoom with ourselves, but it's ending in hours. So from when this podcast comes out, (laughs) the time to bid is ending in hours. So if you're listening and you're interested, jump now. (laughs) Yes, we'll answer all of your TV writing questions. So I think it's especially good for aspiring television writers. We will share all that we know, all of our knowledge in one hour. 
And we'll oh link, we'll link to that. That's a big promise list. <laughs> I know. Well, I can talk fast when I need to. Okay. We will link to that in the show notes. So bid now. And then, Sarah, we also want to announce, this is very exciting, we're going to have our first ever Facebook Live book club. Yes. And the book is none other than Happy Campers. Now, Audrey, I have been listening on audio because I've read the book and now I'm listening on audio and you have a great voice for reading. So you mm. read it, which I like it when the author reads it. So it's really fun. So I, I recommend listening to the audio book. And I have to say the book, all of the moving that I've done in the last two years from like LA to Minnesota to Puerto Rico, back to LA, back to Puerto Rico, and then to Ohio, <laughs> that is the book that I have brought with me. It has gone everywhere. It's always on my bedside table. So definitely join us for the Facebook Live Book Club. It's going to be sometime in mid-June. We don't know exactly the date yet, but get the book now so you have time to read and think about it, and and we'll talk about it in mid-June. Yes. Welcome, Audrey. Oh, my goodness. Thanks so much for having me back. I've always enjoyed our conversations. This is going to be fun. We're so excited that you're joining us today. Yes. And first, let's dive into from the treadmill desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's the concept of grit. We're specifically interested in how grit helps you succeed at work. We talk about it all the time in terms of children, and you talk about it, Audrey, which is one reason we chose this topic for today. Um, we know you spend a lot of time thinking about grit. Yes, and actually... All the things I talk about and think about, you mentioned before, they relate to adults as well. Yeah. <laughs> because, because a lot of what I'm doing like at camp is working with the counselors and trying to help them. Mm. And so most of my trainings that I do during the summer are with these young adults and trying to help them, you know, succeed at their jobs and be resilient and everything else. So so yes, it's a topic that is very timely just because I think, especially given these past few years we've had and that we continue to have trials. <laughs> yeah. We've really had a lot of opportunity to grow our grit in the last couple of years. I think everybody has and like how you respond to those trials and circumstances and the mindset you have really impacts the outcome and how you come out the other end. So, I think it is a relevant topic for our for people right now. Absolutely. You know, when we when we started talking about grit, I was reminded of a story we heard many years ago of a very successful showrunner who was a guy who just happened to be a guy, but he had a very successful show, but it really overwhelmed him. And literally, he ended up climbing under his desk and just like crawling under there in, in a little ball and staying there because he just couldn't deal with it all. Now, if a woman did that, the woman would not have a job. Yeah. But it's interesting that even adults don't have grit. And how do you as an adult develop that? Well, I think there's there's several different ways, but um, and I don't know if this is getting ahead, but I think part of it is just <laughs> acknowledging when you're when something's going on and thinking through, okay, why why am I feeling this way? Why what's overwhelming? What do I have control over? There's that idea of the mm. the circle of control versus the things I can't control, and I think mm. that's an important concept because sometimes if we're really worried about something that we can do nothing about, that kind of stress and overwhelm really is not going to move the needle on anything. Yeah. But if we can look at, okay, well, what right now can I control? Can I go for a walk to try to like get my heart rate down or try to like get myself moderated so that I'm not freaking out on my family or something like that? It's kind of figuring out what you can control and what you can't. 
I think that's one thing that is helpful. And then I also just, with kids, I think just acknowledging that we're going to be uncomfortable. Life is uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. We're not, the, the expectation is not that you're always, every day is going to be this just, oh, I'm so comfortable. It's like, that's not living. If you're not having these moments where you're just like, ooh, I don't know how to do this, or I've never had this happen before, that mindset needs to shift that a little bit of anxiety and stress over something that's new is okay. Well, it's interesting because yeah. in the book, you talk about how you have to step out of your comfort zone to grow grit. And Sarah, I'm just applying it to us, thinking about <laughs> doing Fantasy Island, which was our first time doing this, what we call lean budget show. And it's that thing of stepping into the own unknown. You don't know how it's going to happen. And it is scary. I do think we have a big advantage in having each other with the yeah. grit. I mean, I do think when you have a partner in these situations, it's helpful. Like, we always just get to a point where we're like, it's just nose to the grindstone, grit, speaking of grit, grit our teeth and just <laughs> somehow get through. And I guess even as adults, you can sort of do the same thing that you do as a kid. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you said that because you need that. You need a buddy. We're not meant to go through life alone especially the hard times, but really all the times. I can't remember the quote, but there was something about how you really don't experience all the big, great emotions unless you're with another person. Mm, like you oh, can have like yeah. an, like you can have awe of like a sunset on your own, but when you have someone with you who's like experiencing it too, you're just like, can you believe we get to see this or the volcano erupting or those kind of things. So I think we sometimes underestimate how much we need each other. I think it's funny because I have that a chapter and I do think camp is a great opportunity for independence. But really what we want is for our kids and ourselves to learn to be interdependent and really know how to find the people who support us and who will go through those hard times and encourage each other to grit your teeth and finish the job or whatever it might be. So I love that you mentioned that because we do need, we need each other to help us through, especially when we're going through hard times. One thing we also do, Audrey, is Sarah and I will say, like, if we have something that's particularly needing of grit, we'll just say, okay, this will be done by dinner or done by June in this case. Um, <laughs> and I think that helps us uh, as well because... Otherwise, you know, we would just do what this guy did and crawl under the desk. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's almost like the countdown, like a calendar, you know, yes. just, okay, well, so this is really hard. It's going to be a lot of work. But look, it ends in 30 days or whatever. That's actually a really good strategy. Yeah, putting a clock on it somehow helps us believe that we can get through it. Well, you can just go, okay, I can handle this until this time. I couldn't handle this forever, but I can handle it till June. That's probably why some people, so many people left their jobs, right? Because when it's your job and you do it every day or every week for 40 or 50 hours, you don't have a time stamp on it, right? So if your job gets yeah. so overwhelming that you mm. can't depart, you know, you can't ever get through it and you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel when it's not going to be so hard, then you can see why people just make that choice. Well, this is not worth it. But when you know something is hard and a lot of work, but it has a time thing, that that's more manageable. It works for me for camp because camp is very intense. 
but it's exact. It's kind of like you guys have your season, right? Yeah. Of yes. like your season of like, whoa, we got to like, it's constant, constant, so much stuff. I mean, I was listening to your episode when you were talking about having to like review the actors, but then also like do the scenes and then mm-hmm. like rewrite. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, oh my gosh, that is overwhelming. You couldn't sustain that for 52 weeks a year. No, absolutely. But it's probably kind of fun in the moment. See, this is the thing. It's like I Mm. I I kind of thrive on the seasonality of my job. Like I can like gear up for it, but I know it's like a time limited piece of my year. So even though when I'm feeling really tired, I'm like, okay, but you know what? I can do this for four or five more weeks. It's fine. It's not the rest of my life all year. Yeah, I think we're also very drawn to the sort of adrenaline of having the big push and then laying in bed, hopefully for, you know, a couple of days afterward. Now, here's a question, because so grit, how do you equate being able to fail with growing grit? Is that part of it? Because I feel like that fear is what keeps us from doing things. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's very fundamental is that we think, especially those of us who like to do a good job on things, it's hard sometimes to put ourselves out there and maybe try something or do a different tact that we don't know if it's going to work. And that is resilience is like bouncing back from the things that didn't go right, right? The people who have, like, you think, oh, that is such a gritty person. It's because they just kept trying, like, okay, Mm. this didn't work. I'm going to try this way. Oh, this didn't work. I'm going to keep trying. So when you think of someone who's really resilient, you know, we always think of that movie, The Martian, Matt Damon in The Martian, where (laughs) you're just like, oh my gosh, it keeps going wrong. Everything keeps going wrong. And that is what you think of when you think of someone who's super gritty or resilient. It's because they've had to go through things and they've had to keep trying again and bouncing back from like one thing after another. That build, and then because they've done that, they get more resilient and then they're able to do harder, bigger things later. So, yes, I think that failing is a big part of it. If you're always in your comfort zone, if nothing's ever that stressful or hard, you might do fine, but you're not going to be growing your skills. You're not going to be getting like extremely better at anything. Yeah. It's funny because of course that made me think of the first time we got fired. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first time. The first time. the only time. (laughs) But we really like coming back from that was so empowering because we were suddenly like, okay, this horrible thing that you totally dread. Well, it happened. And you just, you keep going, you come back better, you learn from it. It was weirdly a good thing that it happened. <laughs> we we did grow a lot of grit from it. Well, and once the worst, I mean, that was our worst nightmare is getting fired yes. work-wise. That was the worst nightmare. And then once it happened, then y- you're not afraid anymore because, well, that happened, we survived. So if it happens again, we know we'll survive. So we kind of let go of that fear yeah. And it has happened again. So <laughs> uh, it's good it's good that we can keep bouncing back. Um, but they say, like, especially in, in Hollywood, they say you're you're not you haven't succeeded until you've been fired. Because we all get fired. But yes, I do think you're right, Sarah. Having that in our arsenal of things we've dealt with helps us deal with other stuff. Oh my gosh. And you think about this again, like relating to kids and parenting. Yeah. yeah. If we don't ever let our kids experience anything hard. They think it's like the end of the world to fail a test or whatever it might be. And it creates this way, it makes failure or mistakes way too big Mm -hmm. to them. 
So it's the same thing. It's like you said, you were almost empowered by what maybe seems like a negative experience, but actually look at it now, you're, that experience no longer creates any fear in you because you're like, oh, we've done that before. Yes. I think that is one of the hardest things about being a parent is because yeah. it is so, they feel, we. I feel like we feel their pain more deeply than they feel it. And watching any sort of failure is just so tough. Uh, yeah, no, it's really, it really is. But again, how do we, if we're just like constantly yeah. putting the padding around them and not yeah. letting anything go wrong, then how are they ever going to feel like, oh, I can handle hard things? And it's it's a, it's hard because I'm the same way. When you're watching your own kids, you're just like, oh, ooh, no, I don't want you to go like too high up on there or whatever it is if you're going to fall but they need to. They need to have those experiences that they can go, oh, well, that other time that I climbed and then, you know what, and I mm-hmm. fell, but oh, it was fine. It was soft below. So I ended up being okay and going again. It's hard enough with one kid, Audrey. You have five. I don't know. Oh, my God. Do it with five. Well, before we leave the topic of grit, I just want to challenge our listeners, whatever field you're in, whether you're a TV writer or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever to try to step outside your comfort zone, do something that you're not comfortable doing, like volunteer to run that committee meeting or start something. For us, Sarah, recently, like one of our um, writers on Fantasy Island started doing spotting, which I don't think she'd done before. And I know it was out of her comfort zone simply because she'd never done it before. But now that's a skill that she has. So if you don't ever do something new, Obviously, you're not going to grow that grit. And I guess, Sarah, I should apply that to us as well. So we'll have to think of something to maybe in June, however, we'll grow well, see, our I was going to say, I think we've been growing a lot of grit recently. Well, that's true. <laughs> we have been. What am I yes. saying? We've been doing exactly. nothing but growing grit. Exactly. Okay. So we'll talk about how we've been growing our grit yeah. and how to look at the bright side when everything goes wrong. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss physical, mental, or spiritual health. Today, it's it's all of the above. It's just cosmically large. Um, <laughs> lately, everything has been going wrong on Fantasy Island, and we have been growing our grit. Let's just, Liz, let's list the ways that things have been going wrong. Yes, and then we'll talk about the silver lining of all of this. Yes. We have had rain delays. We had a director who got food poisoning. We had crew members get COVID. 
We had an actor get COVID. We had a guest actor quit because the schedule changed because of the other people getting COVID. Our plane, which takes up a couple days of the schedule in every episode and is obviously featured at the beginning and the end of most episodes, canceled at the last minute. We had a director get COVID and then an actor got food poisoning. And this is all like in the span of maybe two Two or three weeks. weeks. I think it was all in two weeks. Two weeks. So, yeah, so, Audrey, we have, we, I mean, actually, our line producer was like, we have a season two curse. I mean, it's, it's, then this stuff <laughs> usually doesn't happen. I mean, yes, everyone's dealing with COVID on some level, but to have that plus all of these other things, which normally don't happen, um, has been tough. And so Sarah and I were like, well, let's try to find a silver lining. And The only thing we've come to so far, maybe we'll figure out another silver lining, is that it does bond everyone. Yes. So I would love your thoughts on that. Yes. When you mentioned this topic, I just say what comes to mind is, so at camp, oftentimes what kids will recall as their favorite memory started out as something that you would call the worst day. So it is you're out backpacking and a storm comes in and you have to put the tarps out and you're all huddled by a tree or, you know, whatever it might be. (laughs) Or same thing like on the lake, you're out on the lake and a storm comes in and you have to like pull your canoes off like and huddle together. And, you know, it's like these things, you're wet and you're cold and you're uncomfortable, but you're together and you're going through this adventure together. So I guess that's part of it is just thinking through what this is like, whether it's joking about the curse on season two and like, or whatever it might be, or somebody making some funny memes about it or whatever you, you know, you could uh-huh. kind of like laugh about this whole idea or someone could do like a spoof episode. <laughs> I don't know whatever about all the things going wrong. I think also though, one thing to always step back is thinking about, okay, so now we've done this. So now we know, mm. now we know what this happens in like kind of what we were talking before, like, well, what's the worst thing can happen? Oh, the director gets sick. Oh, the actors. Oh, the plane, you know, all these things. And then you think, okay, well, so now we somehow figured this out. So now we can do even more, you know, we're able to do these things. So it's sort of thinking through now I've done that. So I can do the next thing that comes up. It's like one step at a time, I guess. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because I think one of the things it's done is given us an incredible amount of faith in our team. We talk about the nimble life and how we have to be so nimble all the time and blah, blah. But they have been so nimble, flexible, changing it up. (laughs) like rolling with the punches, like nonstop coming up with solutions, even as new problems arise. It's been kind of amazing to see them pull together a new plan, sometimes hourly. Yes. You should come up with some fun awards for people. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously. Because because also you've, so now you've brought out in some of these people, some things that maybe you would, they wouldn't have been able to demonstrate before. So just acknowledging that and even if it's just like silly awards or just acknowledging them in a meeting like, wow, I can't believe you figured out this way of the cardboard plane. I don't know what you figured yeah. out. With the <laughs> <plane>. <laughs> this time they came yeah. on a boat. How funny. We, yeah. Well, in fact, stay yes. tuned, Audrey. Stay tuned. <laughs> the, cruise, the cruise ship. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and another, I guess, silver lining, Sarah, of this situation is now we feel like anything else would be a vacation. We feel like 
Totally. If we were on a regular show that nothing went wrong, that had a normal budget, or even Fantasy Island, honestly, with our lean budget, but without all of these issues, it would feel like sort of a piece of cake, you know? <laughs> well, it's like another thing that now you've mastered. Right. Or you are mastering. So it's like that thing about getting fired, but now it's like a whole other thing, like a show with a lot of things that go wrong. You're making it through that too. So now that won't be daunting to you in the future. Yes. And part another silver lining has really been just seeing people step up repeatedly. We had we've had directors stepping in to help other directors. We we had a director come early to do the scenes of the director who got food poisoning, but that director tested positive for COVID. So then another director had to fill in. And like, people are really like there for each other and helping each other out. Actors have been taking scenes that weren't supposed to be their scenes so they can take some of the workload off of other people. The crew's working so much, our production staff, you know, it's just writers have been filling in gaps for us when we've been crisis managing. Like Liz was saying, one of our writers has been doing spotting because we're like, we don't have three hours for that. So everybody has been stepping in to fill in where they wouldn't necessarily have been, which has been really kind of beautiful. And I like what you said, Audrey, about the adventure. It's like, Sarah, I think we need to reframe this as the adventure of season two. Instead of the curse yeah. of season two, let's say the season two adventure. It's <laughs> it's like romancing the stone season two. <laughs> You'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. Other, maybe, you know, when you're on season 10, you'll just yeah, always hopefully. remember season two. It's there are true. years of camp that like are in, infamous in our minds. Are there? Things. Like, just like, like there was this one year where just so many staff just like left or quit oh. for any reason. It was in the 90s. I mean, it was way back. But I mean, we still remember that year. Wow. Because it was like just so <laughs> difficult, right? Yeah. And it, it's how you started, Audrey, by saying that my, my mom always says this, the things that go wrong often make the best memories. And it is yes. so true. So we'll yeah. just, we're making a lot of memories, Sarah. That's what we're doing. We're making memories. There you go. I like <laughs> it. That's a good way to reframe. <laughs> okay, let's move on to hits and bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And Audrey, you're not in Hollywood, but you do have a hit and a bomb for us this week, in which we very much related to both of them. Uh, let's start with your hit. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked them. So my hit was I. So I turned 55 in February, which I, you know, suddenly it's like you realize all these things you're supposed to be doing that you haven't done yet, mm -hmm. all the checks and everything. But I've really been intentional. I just was like told myself this is the year I'm going to figure out a bunch of things. Like I've had this issue with my cholesterol; it just keeps going up, 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 up. And like the doctor's like she'll she'll call me after every time I get my labs done every year and be like, oh, you need to come in, and then I go in and I'm like, oh yeah, mm, you know, whatever. I just kind of blow it off. And so this year I was like, okay, well, should I figure out like, is there a problem? Like, so she now referred me to like a heart doctor who's just doing like an assessment. So I did the echocardiogram and a, um, like an ultrasound of my carotid artery. So I don't know the results yet, but basically we're finding out, is my cholesterol a problem? Do I need to do something? But it's like four appointments and lab tests yeah. and like going to this place and that, you know, it's just like a lot of time. And I've always just avoided those kind of things. I think of them as like a waste of time. Mm. But you see like, you know, when you have friends going through major health issues, when they're facing something, that becomes their priority. So all the preventative stuff I'm seeing is super important because 
it's time later, right? right? It's like you're being proactive to take care of stuff. So I guess that was just something that I I feel like I'm glad that I'm finally taken care of. I've always been pretty healthy and I want to stay that way, but yeah. I was sort of just riding on, oh, just, it'll, it's fine. And again, I still think with the pandemic that a lot of people blew off a lot of doctor's appointments and lab tests. So it's a good reminder that it's time to do all that for everybody. Oh, yeah. Yes. When my physical, I went in and she's like, okay, well, you were last here in 2019. Mm, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes. And then when you know you have to get a mammogram, I called the place. It was like five months out. Yes. Because of wow. the pandemic. I so like that if experience. you are if you're late, yeah. like if you haven't made those and it's been like over, you know, more than a year or two years or whatever, you think, oh, I'll just be able to call, but it's not like that anymore because they're so backed up from from the past couple of years. So all those just routine things take a lot longer to get done now. Yeah, I loved this hit because I am one of those people. My stepmom said to me literally two days ago on the phone, she was like, And have you been to the doctor? <laughs> It's like, okay, now I started off so well, but it's like, then you get distracted by things. So now I'm committing. I will be, I will be rescheduling all of the appointments that I had to change. All right, Sarah, I'm going to keep you honest on that. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Audrey. And what about your bomb? I guess it's, it's just maybe, maybe other people can relate to this, but I just, for me, I love like my projects that I have to work on and things that I'm focusing on, whether it's a writing thing or for camp. And I just feel like I have had to spend so much time and energy on things that have led to nothing, <laughs> like Kevin, <laughs> um, specifically for us. And, um, and I'm probably sure for your show, you've had a similar thing where you had all these health protocols and all this stuff in place. And yet even doing everything with what's going on with COVID now and the new variant, it's like you just realize that you, it's impossible. If you live life, if you're going to be with other people, you're it's going to be spreading around or whatever. Yeah. And I have been to so many webinars and mm. talks and just all this time on it. And things keep changing, which also is hard right. because you're like, okay, so you keep learning about these things. But I just feel like part of it is trying to get things right so hard that you end up, it's too much. It was like too much time. I was reminded of that thing. There's something about talking about satisficing versus maximizing. Yes, a maximizer versus a satisficer. Yes. Yes. And I'm trying to be, I need to be more of a satisficer because I've always been a maximizer. Like what's the very best thing to do? Like whatever it is. And so you're, you spend all this time researching thinking, okay, well, I need to do this exactly the best way. And you end, it's very frustrating because in a, in the world where things are changing. So that's why I think I need to become more of a satisficer because I think I waste too much time trying mm-hmm. to be a maximizer. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just my personality. I've like learned from this thing. It's just probably a little bit of needing to to fight the perfectionism and try to get it so, so right that you just frustrating that you're just like, why did I spend so much time on that? All right. Well, now that you've said it out loud, it will hopefully happen that you will not do that. You'll not be spending so much time on things you can't control. That's what Sarah and I also call just like spinning out. I mean, if we let ourselves, and I'm especially guilty of this, I can spend two hours coming up with different scenarios, both good and bad, but ultimately over things like I have no control over. So there's no point in discussing it, but I can just totally go down the rabbit hole. 
And then with other people, I don't know if you have this, but we have a work team. And I mean, we will, we're like, if we logged how much time we spend on some of the funniest <laughs> topics, like yes. that we talk about it, we're like, if people only knew that we just spent an hour discussing, I don't even know, like the meal rotation schedules with, a, it was like just really these tiny, tiny details, but you just, you end up just, why? Why did yeah. we just spend so much time on yes. that? <laughs> and Audrey, I have to tell you, I am a satisficer. So if you need any tips, call me. Let me know. I do feel like being a satisficer is one of the things that makes my life functional and easier to manage and makes me happier, for sure. I will. I think it helps you move forward. I think the reason, like, for instance, you were able to move to Ojai is because you're a satisficer. You're just like... You don't get mired in the possibilities and the options. You just pick something and move ahead. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, but for the most part, I think it's a really good thing to be a satisficer. Hmm. Go satisficers. Yes. I I think it's a great quality. I'm I'm going to call you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) When I have my next, when I'm like one hour into my next, whatever thing I'm spinning about, I'll call you. Exactly. Okay, cool. All right, coming up, Audrey has a Hollywood hack for us. But first, this break. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. Okay, Audrey, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. And again, we think it's something that applies not just to Hollywood, but to all people all over. So tell us. So it's funny. It's come for, I. you know, when you keep hearing things from different perspectives, but you're like, okay, this is like keeps getting repeated. So what it is, is it's what it, wherever you are on your team, whether it's your work team or in your family, coming up with some kind of language or keywords that give you a description of what's going on with the person. So for example, there is Tina Payne Bryson. She has this book called The Yes Brain, and it's talking about kids, but it's very relatable for adults as well. And they talk about how when you're in the green zone, she has like the green zone, the red zone, and the blue zone. And like red zone is you're in like fight or flight, blue zone is freeze. So we all can relate to like we've lost it, we're in the red zone, or we're just running away, we're in the blue zone. The green zone is when we're feeling calm, ready to learn, be okay. So even something as simple as that. Yes, Audrey, all of these wonderful insights are why I've been carrying your book around for two Mm -hmm, years (laughs) and why we were so excited to have you on today and why we cannot wait to do the Facebook book group, Facebook live book group, I should say, in June. So thank you so much for coming on today. 
And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Huge thanks to Audrey Monkey for co-hosting with us today. You can read or even better listen to Audrey's book, Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. And thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, king of remote recording. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. You can follow Audrey on Instagram and Twitter at Audrey Monkey, and you can find her on Facebook at Sunshine Parenting. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Hold on. I Now I'm hearing Violet thudding around in her bedroom. So oh. give, give me two seconds. <laughs> This is where Chuck is like, I really liked it when everyone came into the studio. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's so he's like, go to the settings, go to all of us. Wow. That's your your patience has been uh oh, been, he, in, been, been tested and improved upon, I'm sure, for three Chuck this is the most but. patient human being. He could do a TED talk on patience. <laughs> oh, seriously. From the Onward Project.